0: I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. So we're uh, uh, in a series called Partying God, and the message today is follow me. And when I got that, when I hear follow me, I'm not hearing run to the party. I'm, I'm hearing fall on your feet on your knees before Jesus. You know, follow me, lordship. And so I'm going, is this going to be a fun message? You know, am I, am I having enough happiness in the Partying God kind of series here? And uh, so we started off with the whole thing of what is an accurate perception of the character of God. And we don't want to fall into the ditch of, you know, God is Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny. And we don't want to fall in the ditch of he's just up there with lightning bolts waiting for when we have a couple of good days to, you know, keep us just a little bit on our toes. You know, if he's just the tooth fairy, then we got, you know, that's my God over there. When I lose a tooth, he slips a dollar under my pillow. You know, he's a really nice God. And in, and in the spring, I always get chocolate from my God. So he becomes inconsequential. He becomes insignificant if he's just the nice little God that only does things for me that makes me happy. And if he's on the other side, he's the one that is you know, so terrible, so mean, so easily angered by me that then there's no relationship. I can't come close to him. And there's no forgiveness. There's no no intimacy with God. So we want both of these. We have a God who is wonderfully attractive, incredibly attractive, and fearful at the same time. It's a little bit complex for our brains to wrap Both of those pieces together. But we need, in understanding the party in God, we're moving toward, trying to move toward the center. He is full of, what is that word, Jeff? You like joy. He is not the killer. He is the giver. He is not the killer of, he is the giver of, good. Y'all are incredibly responsive today. (laughs) So, and last week, Jeff said, you know what? We're supposed to go to the party wherever it is. So next Sunday, it's a great thing. Got a party going on uh, in Austin. Uh, that's cool. I used, There was a party that happened on Halloween when I lived in Austin, Texas. And uh, I like to go to that party. There were about seventy, eighty thousand 80,000 people on uh, what's called 6th Street. And it was a crazy, crazy drunken experience i just love being right in the middle of all of that and we'd have people worshiping and you know we were the strangest thing happening on the street that night and uh uh and people just walk up to you like what are you doing we're loving jesus isn't this amazing and we had phenomenal conversations so i like going to the party wherever it is and but you have to do it in a strategic way not all by yourself. So Jeff got us out there. Today, we're going to talk about following Jesus. So we've gone, we're seeing his character accurately. He's not one extreme. And we're not, we're kind of, you know, hey, if you like parties, we're in the right place. And then Jesus says, follow me. He's saying, basically, I am the best party. Now, let's define what that is. And I want to read through a passage of scripture. In Mark chapter 10, if you've got a phone or an iPad with your Bible on it, or some of you are, I you know, if I see someone with paper, with some kind of leather-bound thing, do we have any of those in this room? We have real Bibles in here? Awesome! Chocolate for every one of them. So I'm going to read through this. Mark chapter 10. We may have it up behind me. So, Jesus is running around with his posse. You know, it's that strange thing I mentioned one time. We've got at least 13 people walking around, a big group, maybe a larger group than that. And they're going on the road again. Jesus, whoops, problem with electronics is you can't touch them or mess your life up. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one's good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery, not steal, not give false testimony, not defraud Honor your father and mother teacher. He declared, I have kept all these since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. So, today, I'm going to, bring the point that if you're going to come to the party that Jesus is throwing, there may be something that you need to be walking away from. There's a, uh, there is life, there's this amazing person, there's no one like him in all of creation. And as we get closer to him, there is a an exchange that takes place. So, what is that? Jesus is walking down the road with his disciples, and this man enters dramatically. You know, he runs up, falls on his feet in front of Jesus and the group of people that are with him. And uh, so, you know, Jesus is not going. You're going to hell, buddy. He's not dragging this guy around. He's throwing his feet at Jesus. He's throwing himself at Jesus' feet. So our evangelism is not dragging people, forcing people to do something. We're actually looking for the people that are coming to Jesus. He is drawing people, and they're falling at his feet. And they're saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, Jesus responds by telling him the rules. Because the man says, what must I do? Okay, And it's interesting. Because there's two sets of, uh, there's a grouping for the Ten Commandments, the first four and the last six. The first four are about worshiping God, and uh, five through ten are about loving others and honoring others. And Jesus in here gives him the second set. He says, you know the commandments. You should not murder, not commit adultery, not steal, not give false testimony, not defraud, honor your father and mother. So I I think that's interesting. He gives him the rules, but he doesn't give him all the rules. And what does the man do? I've done that stuff. The next thing Jesus says is he goes back up to the top four. As he said, you shall, basically he's saying, you shall have no other gods before me. He's saying, there's something, now isn't it amazing the discernment that Jesus has? He sees all the way through this guy's life. And you know what? He sees you too. So this is the wonderful God that we are compelled like a moth to the flame. We're drawn to him like, oh my, you are so majestic and beautiful. But as we step toward him, our hearts are exposed deeper and deeper. Our motives are more clearly seen by him and and, and by uh, we see them ourselves. And so he's thrown himself at Jesus' feet He's asking for it. Some of you have done that. I think this is a crowd where a lot of people have come and thrown yourself at Jesus' feet. Is that true? Anybody like that? You've said, I want, you have all of me, Jesus. And what Jesus doesn't say is, great, slap him on the back. He says, okay, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. Now, this is interesting to me at a number of different levels. I've got to study this a little bit, but not everybody got a personal invitation, follow me from Jesus. I know that 12 guys for sure did. So this is not something in one sense that he said to everybody. He he went up to this guy and said, I want you in a very special relationship with me. It was he was not just set throwing something out there. I, I, I'm thinking, whoa. This was a pretty phenomenal invitation. But there was a cost to it. And it was Jesus touching what was most important in that man's life. He said the man walked away sad. And uh, uh, now, this is a good guy. This guy is 35 he just made partner he's got his phd on the side he's got three kids and a nice house and he fears god the disciples are going what did you just do you know he's not cussing at us he's not mad at us he's not asking us weird questions like the pharisees and the teachers are don't we want this guy on our team we got some financial needs here He's respectable. I, you know, I'm not feeling respectable everywhere. We're going, Jesus, this, this could work toward us. What are you doing? And Jesus is saying, you know, this guy definitely has a money problem. The disciples are going, even more amazed, it says. They, got, they went from amazed to the next level. And Jesus says, you know, guys, the one that dies with the most toys loses. He says, guys, there are things in your life that will keep you stuck. There are things in your life that are going to block you from this close and intimate relationship with me. He's saying, you know, actually... Money is not the root of all evil. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not what you have. It's what has you. So that's, that's where he's going. The disciples, you know, they're amazed. you got to give away all your money. What are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. And, and Peter says what all of them are thinking. You know, they're, they're a little bit shocked, like, okay, you know, did we check the box? What's going on? They're in this amazed state. And Peter speaks up and says, we left everything. Do we get anything? You know, there are places in our life we come to and we're going, I've been walking with you for a while, Jesus. I think I, I bought into this thing a long time ago. Am I on the right track? Is there anything else? Is there anything clogging the pipe here? The disciples are saying, "How are we doing, Jesus?" And he says something very interesting to me. He said, "There is a reward." For people that lose their lives, there is a reward for people that give everything they have to Jesus and follow Him. So, truly, truly, I say to you, truly, I think there's just one truly in this passage. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or father or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions. What do you think, Trey? Along with persecutions. In the age to come, eternal life. I spoke to Trey because we have something in common. We have very close friends whose families have suffered for the gospel. People that have physically suffered for the gospel. But they're rich. This is—it's a peculiar, peculiar juxtaposition. There, he uh, anyway. Need to meet Trey later. Um, and in the age to come, eternal life. So he's saying there is a reward right here and now. That's interesting. And there is this—there is life forever with God. So I'm going to show you a little graph here and explain a little bit of what I believe Jesus is saying here. There are three areas of our life that Jesus often touches, and there's passages, there's there's three passages in the the Scriptures where Jesus says, unless you lose your life and follow me, and then he lists out different things. So it's interesting to me. In each one of those passages, they actually come back to this core list that Jesus has right here. That is your possessions, home, your intimate relationships, and your job, your success, your Jesus touches those things and says, am I your Lord or is this your Lord? He says, this is phenomenal. There is powerful stuff right here in this life. If you go in this direction with persecution, there is a, there is a, it's not like, hey, give Jesus $10. You got to get back a thousand dollars. No, he's saying, give him everything you have. And you're going to get back so much more. So here we have it. Give your home up. You're giving up your possessions. You're giving up your security. You're giving up what you have. So it's what you have, who you know, and what you can do. That's what Jesus is asking for. So... I. uh, I teased about this with Jeff a little bit earlier, but Jeff is, uh, to me, one of the best examples of people that will give what he has to Jesus. And I'm just surprised every Sunday where I see him with his shirt on, you know, because he gives the shirt off his back on a regular basis. And so if he comes without a shirt, Sarah will run home and get him another one. <laughs> Phenomenal generosity and because of that jeff has never lacked a car how many cars has jeff have you seen jeff driving anybody know that story anyway I, i'm teasing a little bit but you are an example brother you inspire me the open handedness in your life and for all of us how much of a hook are your possessions how much energy are you spending thinking about your stuff And we always think, if I get a little bit more stuff, I'll be better. When I tell you, the more stuff you have, the more it's hard and heavy just to keep walking. I, I really picture that at times. The possessions that I have are like, if I could carry them on my back, that would kind of give a picture spiritually and emotionally of what's happening in my life at times. And Jesus said, it is hard for the rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's hard. And a lot of people go off on camels and needles and say, no, you know, it's actually a door about this big. And I was in Jerusalem one time, and like they said, this is it, this is the eye of the needle. See how little it is? And I think, you know, whatever. And uh, he's talking about a big animal, the biggest animal in the area, and the littlest thing they can do. He's saying, it's impossible. It's not, well, if we get this camel to go on a diet and go a long way, you know, and we get a really big needle, we can cram that thing in there. Now no, he's saying, you know what? We're dealing with impossibilities here. We're not trying to make all this make sense. I'm telling you, it's impossible. You got a bunch of stuff on your back, it is not that it's not easy, it's impossible. So in the second list, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, Jesus is calling for your most precious relationships. He's saying, you can't meet your emotional needs. You can't tie enough things around people to say, this person's always going to be nice to me, and they're never going to cause me a problem. You are my security. That's called, what is that called? Dysfunctional, codependent, like you You are my life. You're so important. Now, we have someone in the Old Testament that is a wonderful example, and it's a complicated picture for us. This is really difficult. You know, it makes it a nice Bible story, but if we make that into this age, bring it up to modern times, it's complicated. Abraham. Abraham. This son that you dreamed of for years that God promised that you, you've you watched him grow and you're just so amazed because he walks like you and he's got the he looks like you and he's got all this potential, I want you to sacrifice him. But again, Jesus, our Father God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not about just causing pain. They're about setting you free. But if there is something, God knew, if the gift had become the center of Abraham's life. He would not be the father of many nations. So he's saying, you've got to lay it all down again. So in our lives, parents, that child can become the center of your existence. And Jesus is saying, give them to me. Or you are going to spend a lot of Time and anxiety and fear that you're not supposed to be walking in. That relationship that you want. How much stress is that calling you? I don't have that relationship. Jesus is saying, what has your attention? What are you spending all your time doing? Give that to me. What's in charge of your life? And then Fields. Success in your career, your reputation. You know, if you've spent up to age 30 getting your postdoc, and Jesus says, walk away from that, what do you think that would feel like? I've given everything. I've been in school for 25 years. Do you know how much debt I have? What's the most important thing in your life? Follow me. Now, this is one I can talk about. I've had three seasons in my life where I've walked away from everything. The last one was leaving Indonesia. Our family was there for 10 years. That's where I raised my children. Uh, you know, it. you may think, oh, those poor people suffered. We had an amazing life. You know, I had... Motorcycles, flew on planes, landing on rivers, went to over the mountains, covered with, yeah, you know, it was it was a crazy, volcanoes, earthquakes, tsunamis, I, it was a great time. Yeah, you know, it's, my sister-in-law said before I went over there, you're, she was really upset at me. She said you're just a thrill seeker, and I said you're going to have to hit me harder than that. That just feels good, you know? (laughs) So me laying my life down, my career down, regional leader, traveling around Thailand, Malaysia, Southeast Asia, walking with amazing people who are thinking globally and doing all this stuff, and Jesus says, time for change. And... Oh my gosh, it was taking a knife and going, "Mm, this is very painful. And go to a place you've never lived and you just know a couple of other people there. So, he said, give up your career. Give up your reputation related to this. Give up all your stuff. But you know what? If we lose homes, if we lose Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, houses and lands, we get an exponential return. We get you. We got brothers and sisters in Boston now. On the North Shore. I've got so many places I could sleep. I'm you know, I'm gonna invite myself over to dinner, more and more people's houses. And we had a I think thinking about on the financial side. Susan and I bought a home in the inner city that had, had graffiti on the inside of it. It had been abandoned for 18 months and uh, uh, that was our first home. And we remodeled it and it increased. So we we chose a hard part of town with the bad school and all these different things. Crazy thing happened called gentrification. Jesus allowed us to use that so that we could actually live in Boston. Isn't that amazing? We gave everything to him and he gave back so that we could obey him and walk with him. So it's it's a complex thing because there are persecutions. You know, it's not an easy road following Jesus. Sometimes I feel like when I've evangelize, it's a little bit of a bait and switch. Jesus loves you, lose your life, you know. Jesus loves you, he cares for you, but he calls us to give everything we are to him. Now, do you believe that we have a better party? I'm trying to think about that right now. I didn't get an immediate response. You have to see who's, his character You've got to know who he is for you to have confidence to invite people to the party. Because we are, we're not just going to their party, we're inviting him to the Jesus party. And in the Jesus party, it's a place where people love him more than anything else. Where they come to the party and they're convicted. They're like, whoa, the water's deep here. This is not just kind of hanging around people. They're, wow, you're kind of serious about this stuff. You hear stories like they they left everything they have. They left that career. They moved to another country. This is kind of an awkward, strange group of people. They're losing all of that potential, all of that value. What the heck are they doing? They're following Jesus. Come, follow me, he says. So I want to give you a little bit of application right here. Are you spending your time thinking about the rules? The second set of the rules, you know, 6 through 10, or are you thinking about the first set? You'll have no other God before me. Worship band, come on up here. You know, you're not stealing or dishonoring your parents, but you're clinging to other people desperately and saying, I'm afraid. And I want us to take a a time of exercising all this. I want us to think about our homes, our possessions, our family and friends, our, our jobs and careers. And I want to call you to follow Jesus at a deeper level. Now, this is something that we can do every day. But as a community, as we do this, I really believe we are inviting him in at a deeper level. We're saying, we're all in, Jesus. It's all yours. And one way we're going to do this is giving you a little time to think about this and pray. If you tear off this part of your bulletin, there's a little bit of place to ride on. The worship team's going to lead out here for just a little bit, but I want you to just sit there and pray. And I want you to say, Jesus, this is what I want to offer to you today. I want my offering... Be my children. I want my offering to be my closest intimate relationships. I place them in your hand, Jesus. I want my offering today to be my house, my possessions, this thing that I'm afraid of losing. I give it to you, Jesus. I want my offering to be this is the career that I've always wanted, this is the college I wanted to get into, this is the degree that I'm hoping to have, Jesus. I place it. I'm running to you and placing it at your feet. Now, well, I think we've got some cards here, some ushers. Uh, and we've got some pens. You may not have something to write with. Do we have any of that? Okay, come on up. So this is one piece of paper you can use. You have a pen. But uh, if you need another piece of uh, card, we're getting getting there. need a card stick up your hand and they can give you something this allows you to enter into the worship time so again you can use this thing you pull out of your bulletin if you need a pen or a card just take that and spend some time in prayer I want to follow you Jesus why don't you close your eyes for just a moment under your breath pray along with me Jesus I want to follow you you are God and I am not so if there's anything that's holding me back that I would be one who would walk away sad from any challenge that you would give to me show me what that is right now there's anything blocking me, throwing myself at your feet, and giving you all, show me what that is right now, and I want to exercise that muscle. I'm going to write that down, and I'm going to bring it to the front, I'm going to lay it at your feet, Jesus. Show me what your abundance is, Lord. You said there is abundance. You're not lacking. You're giving a hundredfold something phenomenal here, but there is a price, there is persecution, But I say yes to you, Jesus.